Hello and welcome to another Oxford Sandy and Black Pig Group podcast. As usual, I'm your host Andrew O'Shea. You can probably hear um, I'm recording uh, this podcast um, from my lambing and farrowing shed and you can hear the sow in the background um, sounding a bit hungry but it's too early for her, for her tea yet. Um, and there's goats as well and uh, sheep all looking quite quiet. But uh, yes, very cold outside, lots of snow as I saw in in the news. Um, you keepers up there in Scotland, you know, um, seeing temperatures this past week of you know, minus 20 plus, which is, well, incredibly cold. I think we hit minus, minus nine here in uh, Lincolnshire. So, you know, um, can appreciate how cold it is. Not, not having running water outside for the last week or so has been, uh, been a bit difficult. Um, but, uh, you know, we all fight on. So this podcast is a replay of the Scott EID talk with uh, Bob Yall and Josie Firth from, from Scott EID um, and the hosted event that we did Friday before last. Um, it's a very, very interesting talk and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. But before we get to that, a few updates. So those of you who know that now we're registered as a charity, we're eligible for Amazon Smile and we have signed up to that. And I've just got the uh, quarterly figure through and we've received a payment of £62.12, which is very pleasing. Um, and thank you to all those that support us through the Amazon Smile uh, application. Um, as the up-and-coming up events, we have Louise Blankhorn, uh, who's a vet, um, doing a evening chat with us on Zoom on March the 11th, talking about farrowing and a few other bits and pieces. So keep an eye on the group and Twitter to see when that comes out for you to register. Um, and in addition to that, Lucia Gregson, who used to work for AHDB, now works for Pilgrims UK, um, is going to come and do a chat for us on... Uh, artificial insemination um so i think that's going to be very interesting um to find out more about that um i hope you find that quite useful um and also um those that probably seen on the group there is the cotswold seed offer for the pig rooting mix um if you're interested in the rooting mix for your for your pig beds please uh please have a wander over to the group and uh, have a look for the details there um or reach out to kim directly so I won't hold you any any further. I will hand you over to uh, Bob and Josie. Yeah, a, a wee brief introduction. Um, and uh, I'm I'm managing director of of Scotty ID, and I'll give you a little bit of the overview of Scotty ID. And Josie is the office manager, um, and we're based up in Huntley, um, which is between Aberdeen and Inverness. So if I look out my window, I've got about two and a half feet of snow here. Um, Josie doesn't have so much because she's nearer the coast, um, but I'm a little bit up the hill. So, uh, and uh, we've got the great frustration of all the ski slopes are all absolutely full of slow, snow, and there's nobody um, until lockdown comes off. Um, just a little introduction to Scotty ID. Um, it, it's uh, Scotty ID is, is itself is owned by Scottish Art Cultural Organisation Society or SCOS. Uh, which is owned by all the um, agricultural cooperatives in Scotland. Um, you know, we have about 60 or 70 uh, different co-ops who own us everything from shellfish to milk to pigs um, uh, and, and, all, and all the rest of it, vegetables and, and that kind of thing. And we have a, a special relationship with Scottish government um, and we operate and run Scotty ID um, as a joint venture really between government and the industry which is slightly different than you'll probably see from DEFRA and uh, the way that they operate the systems. So, you know, the, the bottom line for us is, is that the ownership of the data with respect to movement data and registration data and that belongs to the people who provide the data. And, um, you know, we have within our terms and conditions of use, we have a, 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 a method by which people agree to share their data, and that includes government. And it allows us to have a lot more flexibility in the way that we we drive and develop data and solutions uh, for the industry. Completely and utterly focused on disease, um, and you know, and we are our relationship with Scottish government is animal health and welfare uh, division. It comes under the chief vet, a lady called uh, Sheila Voas. Um, and at the minute, we're spending quite a bit of time working with livestock information system which is the new build in, in England. 
uh, for the multi-species system. And also we touch base with Wales and, and Ireland, and we all have slightly different all have slightly different systems. Um, we started we started with um, sheep way back in uh, 2006, seven. Um, and it was a little bit of hot potato because it was about electronic identification in sheep. It's probably something that might come to pigs at some point, and we can maybe just pick that up later on. Um, and it was like a bit of a hot potato or a poison chalice or whatever. Nobody wanted to touch it. The industry didn't want it. However, we took it on because of you know European regulation, and we said that we could make it work, which we did. And from that, actually, the next um, development was was pigs to look at pigs and, and pigs has been a little bit of a trailblazer for us because of the way that we manage movement there, um, which will start to spread across to the other species. And we'll, we'll pick that up later on, but basically it's pre-notification of a move and then confirmation of an on-move at the end. And that's not carried out by any of the other species. So it's quite unique to pigs. After pigs, and I think I've got this the right way around, Josie. I, get, I do get mixed up because I've been here too long. But, <laughs> but was was cattle. And we have very highly developed systems for cattle, particularly for uh, bovine viral diarrhea, for BVD and the whole BVD eradication program across Scotland. And after, what, seven, eight years, it's it's almost gone. We only have 10 or so farms now with, uh, with uh, persistently infected animals. But coming back to, to the disease core of, of where we are, you know, if, and, and uh, you know, there's a kind of interesting state um, going on for pigs, of which you'll, which you'll know about, and I don't, need to, I don't need to reiterate it, but, you know, market issues with the food service market disappearing in this last year, COVID and plants, our breaking plant, a big plant here in Scotland is closed, um, and it starts to open up slowly again on Monday. Um, if you look across the, you know, to the likes of China, we, we now have a new variant in African swine fever. Um, and there's also a, a variant on, on, on PED, porcine epidemic diarrhea. And our systems here have been built, um, co completely designed for what we call real-time movement. In the, old, in the old days, old days, inverted commas, um, you know, when we were dealing with foot and mouth, the problem is, is that the movement systems were about 14 days behind time. And even then it was complicated because it was paper-based. The, the European Union, um, they introduced the cheap EID. And the reason for doing that was because it was the, it was the species that spread foot and mouth and nobody knew about it. Okay. So they really wanted, and their movement systems for sheep were appalling. Uh, and pigs, it's slightly different. You know, they, they are affected obviously by food and mouth, but they carry a lot of virus. Um, and, uh, and it's from there that the virus can spread. And that's why pigs move to, to what we call a, a vector move with pre-notification and confirmation at both ends, um, which is, which is a, a fairly amazing system. And, and, and we'll go into that. But on top of that, we won't have time to show you tonight, but we developed um, a mapping systems, particularly for PED. And the reason for that is, is that if there's, a, if, if there's an outbreak of PED, you really want to know the associated holdings that are close to the PED outbreak. But that's quite complex because many farms, A, have more than one holding or they have premises which are away from the main holding okay so when you draw say a five kilometer ring around a PED outbreak you pro there may be holdings within that five kilometers who also have holdings outside of it and you don't know precisely where the pigs might be so we developed a mapping system so that if there's ever a PED outbreak or any other yeah, outbreak for disease because we use it across the board is that we can get the spread of that disease immediately um, and be able to, you know, shut down and close down because when there is a, uh, a disease outbreak, the, the, the main issue is the whole industry being closed down. And if you can isolate the, the disease spread, then you can allow 
parts of the industry to open up. And that's absolutely fundamental for pigs because the way pigs become overweight and out of grade very, very quickly, you don't want to close down an industry uh, or uh, for any length of time, particularly for pigs. Not so for cattle so much and not so for sheep. But pigs, there's a real issue just now, for, for instance, because of uh, COVID and some plants of pigs growing overweight um, and how we get, actually there were some trucks turning up which were, I think there were three, the truck loads were three tons overweight because they loaded the usual amount of pigs. <laughs> and when they went over the scales, they went, oh my God, we've got, you know, these are big double or triple deckers coming in. Um, so I'll, I'll be delighted to take some questions just now and, and then I'll hand over to Josie and she'll share some screens and, and just take you through some of the way that we we, um, you know, we deal with, uh, with, with pig movement and registration. So delighted to take any questions just now. And I hope my Scots accent rapid fire doesn't, <laughs> you've been able to understand some of it at least. Any questions, anybody? Yeah, so um, Clements is asking, what does PED stand for? It's a uh, porcine epidemic diarrhea and uh, it affects little pigs, really. Um, it's, it's, it's fairly destructive. We've managed to keep it out, but it is, it is, it is there and it's in Europe. Um, and, uh, you know, we have, a, we have what's called the Scottish Pig Disease Control Centre, rolls off the tongue. And one of their main jobs is, is keeping a very watchful eye out for the, for the likes of disease outbreak, likes of PED. Yeah. Thank you. Any more questions before um, Bob hands over to Josie? Okay, thank you very much. Carry on then. Thank you. So what I thought I'd do is just go and show you um, a pig movement on Scotty ID. I don't know if any of you actually use Scotty ID or registered, but um, I just thought I'd uh, get on there and talk you through the key points that we need to do for a pig move. So. Here comes the technical bit. Yeah, it is technical. Right. So everybody should now be able to see um, Scotty ID. Um, yeah. This is the home page here. Um, if any of you are registered with Scotty ID yourselves, you'll be able to um, see the. Uh, this is a news feed in the main bit here. Um, on the left hand side, if we go down, we've got pigs and the pig movements. Um, and what I'll do just now is just go in and record a pig move. And this is exactly as uh, you would be seeing it if you were registered on Scotty ID to do a move yourselves. So the first bit um, that is important is to uh, the, the identification of your pigs. Now, with the induction of um, Scotty ID doing the movements and the new legislation, um, pigs had to be, um, they, they, well, they could be um, temporarily identified and that means they can move within farms on a paint mark. Um, as you already know, or if they're going to a market or an avatar, they need to have a permanent mark. Um, and if they're over 12 months, they can be individually identified. Um, pig marks are, the, the ear tags have to be a, a sort of a, a solid kind of ear tag that can um, withstand heat. So normally it's the little metal ear tags that are used. So, so um, the first thing you've got the different options so if with a little tick box here you can choose individual um, and if you just enter the the numbers here one two three it would add it up for you on the way down um, if you had a, a hard mark or, or a temporary mark you can it's just a free red spot whatever here um, or alternatively they can move on a batch and you can just type in um, the batch mark that you would have it can either be your hard mark or if you're part of a big producer you will get a slap mark which can be um sort of letters or that's given to you by the um the, the places like caro i don't know if you've heard of these the, the bigger producers um and they they give you sort of big slap marks that are associated with your holding so we're just going to put in a temporary mark here and there. The next thing, you all have your own holding numbers. I'm just going to use a dummy one here, what we've got for the office. Um, and 
adding it in here. And the thing that comes up, you can see that the addresses come up and this is actually our office address here. We've got a, a CPH associated especially for that. Um, it pulls the address in, but also down the bottom here, the departure details are, um, the address is automatically pulled in. Now, everything that's got a little star next to it is something that's required to be entered for a pig movement. So this is a departure CPH entered here. Um, if you're putting it to a market or an abattoir, you can use the little select button here on the right hand side. And you've got the option of choosing um, a Scottish abattoir and it, they're all listed here. Or um, if you're going down to England, you've got an abattoir here. Um, you can choose there or markets, various markets. Um, I'll choose, um, I'm just going to choose, uh, put in RCPH just for the purposes here, just to carry on moving down. Um, here, so this would be classed as um, just a, for example, a farm to farm movement. Okay, the next key detail is the date. Now you can pre-notify movements. Movements can be put onto Scotty ID up to two weeks in advance. Um, but they must be on by the day of the move. Um, so we can see here that we're allowed to um, date up until two weeks ahead. Um, but we'll just take this. And then reference number, that can be, if you've got your own specific reference number, uh, we just put our initials in here for our own purposes, um, just to, because uh, it's something that you have to put in. Um, description. This is, well, this is not essential, but there's a little drop down here if you wish to put in the, the description of the pigs that you're moving and what kind they were. So we can just say that we're moving veners. And also the assurance number, if you're farm assured, um, you can enter this here. And if you're part of a big pig producers, then that would automatically come up connected with your slap mark that you entered up here at the top. Um, this element here is just for us because I'm in here as an admin move. So we move further down, we, we can fill in the information, we can put in our names and then, then the telephone number if we still wish to put, um, put this in here for Huntley as well. And then the contact details for the destination. It's always very useful for us if the destination details are fully entered, the name and uh, contact number. Um, keepers are required to confirm that they've received the move within three working days of receiving them. So um, what we do is just uh, we keep an eye on that and we'll contact keepers. If we see that moves have gone over the three days, we just give them a quick call. And so it's quite useful if you're doing this yourself, if you can um, enter the telephone number. Um, Scotty ID is there to um, take a sort of one of the purposes you can phone it, not everybody wants to use or has access to Scotch ID. So you can actually register yourself and do the moves yourself. But if you don't have that, we still, um, we can, you can phone us in. You may have already done that and spoken to us in the office here and we can record the move on your behalf. Um, we can email you the, a copy of the movement document. Um, we still still receive fax uh, moves through. Um, and uh, on the odd occasion, it can be posted, but that's very unusual. Um, that's mainly for if you if people have received pigs, they sometimes send in the, the paper copy to us. But most of the time, people will either call or they'll do it themselves online. Um, moving down here, we've got the food chain information. Um, that's optional. Um, there's a new, this has just changed recently. And um, there's two, the, the, we always had the option of taking for controlled housing and for the food chain information if your pigs complied. Um, and just recently we had to introduce a new option, which is this top, top option here. And this has been put in place for um, the export of pigs now that we're no longer within the EU. Um, the export of meat to countries out with ourselves, they, they need to know that, that they have this separation agreement. and. Um, you may have seen there was a letter sent out by Scottish Government um, regarding this change. Now, um, I don't know if this applies to any of you or not. Um, if it does, yeah. then your meat goes out. Sorry, Bob, did you have Yeah, this, yes. Just to explain, this is to do with trichinella and trichinella testing. Um, and so if, if you have certification through your vet visits that, you're, that you have controlled housing, then the pigs 
um, when they go to slaughter don't need to be trichinella tested. Um, if they're, for instance, outside pigs and you don't have high fences to protect against deer um, or you can't give any certification um, for what's called wild ungulates, that's why it says cloven-hoofed animals, but deer would be, in Scotland, deer would be the, be the main one, then the, the pig meat has to be trichinella tested uh, and then a negative test before any of the meat can be exported or in fact actually consumed here. So just to, just to give you, now we just put this in in the last couple of three weeks, jo Josie, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's just actually this, the, this has just been changed in the last couple of weeks, this um, option, it, all, it used to be slightly different to this. And um, we do have a blank movement document that you could actually um, access on here, but it's not been updated as of yet because I think there's still possibly a few changes connected to controlled housing. But once that's completed, um, the, the printable version will be there. But basically, um, the, you need to have the, a vet statement to be able to tick yes or no with regards to the cloven hoof option. And um, because um, the CPH I'm using isn't um, registered, then uh, I'm not able to tick and confirm that they're from uh, uh, the, you know the wild cloven separation. Yeah, so we would just type, we would just press no there. Okay. Yes, it's actually set up now automatic with regards to CPH, so it recognises people who have actually given us a vet statement with regards to um, their the cloven hoof. So um, we've got a way of uh, noting down that, and so it's kind of an automatic uh, process now. So if you have sent in a vet statement with regards to the cloven hoof then you'll have the option there. It'll say yes or no, but because I haven't, it just automatically comes up. And that's just a, a recent change that's gone in place. Okay. So Josie, so are we saying that um, with this cloven hoof, so, um, and it's to do with the trichinella testing. So um, regardless of the size of your herd or the pigs that go to, um, they have to get a vet certificate Yes, that uh, the, it, it, yes, yeah. it's it's the it's the holding which has the certification, not mm -hmm. not the individual pigs. Um, no. Um, so, if you have, listen, it'll be different in different places, Kim. But up here, um, the if a vet veterinary um, visit would sign a hold um, a piece of paper to say that yes, there is there is um, separation, or it's controlled housing. And that that's displayed, displayed at the at the piggery, and if anybody needs a, a photograph of that, then they can provide a photograph um, of of the of the signed uh, document. Now, our larger commer our commercial units, I'm using that word advisedly, but the, the commercial um, units, you know, have a have a quarterly visit from vets in any case, um, so all of them can be kept up to date. And uh, for small for smaller holdings. Um, they they would uh, they would need us you know to talk to their vet for certification, um, so that they don't need to be trichinella tested. You can have them trichinella tested. It's not an expensive test. Oh no, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can just say, listen, we'll just get them trichinella tested, and it but it holds a carcass up in the um, and at the at the abattoir is, um, which may cost a little bit more. So I'm not. I must say, Kim, I'm not. I'm not entirely au fait with all of it because this is so new um, yes. you know, with respect to the effect in the supply chain. Yeah. Okay. I've got a question here that's come through that's to ask, um, how high a fence do you need to be deer proof? <laughs> yes, that's an excellent question. I have no doubt. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I would, I, I, I would say you would need to demonstrate, you know, if there's deer in the woods and things, I would say you would need to be, you know, well over six feet. However, this bit is unclear, I would say, Kim, because if you go to parts of Spain, for instance, you know, where, where you know, there's a lot of outdoor pig production and a lot of uh, wild cloven-hoofed animals, um, you know, and specific, very specific types of um, meat production, you know, for specialised hams and things, we, we can't see how how parts of Europe can actually even begin to comply with this. Um, so they would need to be all trichinella tested there. So I, I don't think the European legislation has been has been passed yet, but this is just for export. That doesn't mean we're out of the EU now. 
this is just for export. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and also for China, because um, Chinese, you know, the fifth, a lot of the fifth quarter elements um, have to go to China, so they require certification as well. Um, with regards to the answer of how high the fence has got to be, I've been told 1.8 metres. Oh, well, that's all right. That's shorter than me. That's about, <laughs> that's just six feet. Well, their deer can go over six feet, no bother, that's mm. for sure. Mm. <laughs> Good answer, though. Yeah. Did, um, so have I got this? Sorry, I'm going on, going on about this trichinella. So are you, do you have to pay for the trichinella testing in Scotland, Bob and Josie? That's my understanding, Kim, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's actually yeah. subsidised, the trichinella testing. Yeah, yeah I'm, sure, I'm sure that's correct as well, Cara, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Um, I actually, I had an incident the other week. I was putting off um, a young boar um, about a fortnight ago down to Monroe's in Dingwall. And he's been inside for about the last six months. So I'd gone and ticked that he was in controlled housing. But then for some reason, the system wouldn't allow me to do it because it kept saying that it wanted a veterinary certificate, which I didn't have. <laughs> so I ended up going and just clicking no. Um, but then when I actually got down to Monroe's, I just explained the circumstances and they were like, well, it's fine because it's for my own consumption anyway. Um, yeah. So they were like, oh, it's fine. So, you know, we got off with it. But um, but that that was the only floor I found um, was that if you do click the yes to the controlled housing, it seemed to then you know the whole thing just seemed to want it, it didn't want to sort of really you know progress any further forward unless i could no. complete that i had a certificate there's been a bit of a crossover with the the setting this up with because it came into place quite quickly at the end of um december and so getting the system ready in january to accept it and also there's i think there's going to be a change with regards to the controlled housing so at the moment um it's only folk that have been controlled housing previously on the system that can take on controlled housing. But um, you could, yeah, you could have just given us a, a recall and we could have helped you get through that bit. It was a bit of a pest that you got caught up with that. But hopefully going forward, you shouldn't get caught up in that situation. Yeah, we, we had to build this system through Christmas and New Year. Um, such was the panic to get it up and running by government. So. I have to say, you know, in all other ways, the system is actually really, really easy to use. Um, you know, I've used some sort of systems over the years, but this one, you know, I actually find is is really user friendly and, you know, quite self-explanatory. Yeah, can I come in and uh, just say that all the time we use Scotty ID up here, obviously, and the system itself, I find is so straightforward and I want, just want to say, as you're both on the online now, that the people that I've dealt with in the office have been absolutely brilliant. Um, if there's been a query or somebody hasn't been and maybe a little bit quick enough on accepting a delivery, uh, they've been on the phone and querying things. But they're, they're genuinely, it's a great system and they work really well with us. So that's I've got nothing to uh, complain about at all with that. Well, thank you well, very much. <laughs> thank you very much, Bob. That you know, the office is all due to Josie. So, um, but, uh, no, seriously. <laughs> sometimes you the, the government um, uh, departments and the systems they set up are you know can be very heavy going, shall we say? But no, it's it's great, um, and I don't really, honestly, don't have a problem, um, and haven't had a problem with anything up to now. So. Let's hope may, long may it continue. Oh, exactly, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I think that's one of the, the good things about Scotty ID. It is, you know, we spend a lot of time, we can spend time and uh, uh, showing folk how to use it because it is, as you say, it is simple to use. And, um, it, you know, once you've, you've done it once, hopefully you'll be able to do it again. And so um, that's part of our job is to sort of help people use the system as well. So um, that's what we're here for. Yeah. So the next bit, Josie? Yes, I was going to go down. Um, the final bit that we've got here is the haulage information, which is also optional. Um, um, but it's there, to, you know, as an option to cover your your carriage if you need, need to cover it. Um, so, 
you can either um, uh, there's a drop down to choose. Um, you can either choose self haulage, which if you're just a few pigs normally uh, and it's close by, that that's the case. Or you can actually have a look up here for the haulage company and just click on one, and it'll pull through the haulier QA number, and then you can just fill in the information yourself um, and complete it like that. And then when it's submitted, um, just quickly, this is how the pig movement looks, which probably a lot of you will, will see. I've seen before. And as you can see there, the um, cloven hoof bit, it automatically comes up no when you haven't got the option to tick it. If it was um, ticked, then it would change. And then, yeah, the information. Um, and this is how it looks when you print it out. And so you can print it out in the bottom section there is the bit that can be completed by the receiving keeper. Or alternatively, it can be done as logging on to Scotty ID or giving us a call and we can uh, um, sign it off for you. Um, on the system. So, sorry to interrupt you there. <clears throat> so we've had a few questions. Um, one around how long before slaughter do pigs need to be in controlled housing to be classed as controlled? Is that from birth or from, is there a de other definition of that? I know that's something in England and Wales that, that's not very clear. Yeah, my understanding is it's from birth, Andrew. From birth, okay. Yeah. So there's another question that the whole trichinella testing thing you know, that's, that comes up quite frequently, especially in there um, down here as well. I mean, I believe the last case in the UK of trichinella was in like 1940 something. Um, I could be wrong on that, yet we're still testing for it. Um, yeah, it's so a bit I, OTT, Andrew. Yeah, was, yeah. I think so, there's still tests for anthrax now and again as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I, I guess the question is: I mean, are you aware of any uh, positive trichinella tests in Scotland over the last? Uh, that was uh, what's been asked by clemency around. Uh, you know, there's no trichinella in 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 her area, but uh, um, I still got tested. You know, so that's quite common down here as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, do, I don't think so, Andrew. I mean, I, I, I'm saying that slightly off the top of my head, um, but I've, I've never come across it. But that mm -hmm. doesn't mean to say that it hasn't happened. Yeah. I can certainly ask the authorities and just find out, um, you know, what the incidence has been. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think they are very few and far between. But I mean, I know in, I know in France they've had a few cases and 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 stuff like that but i'm not aware of anything uh, yeah here. it's in all wild boar wild boar's the issue there in the continent yeah uh, where wild boar is um, and where they touch and we do have wild boar here of course and in, in certain places um but uh, yeah I, i'll actually ask it's a good question i'll go and ask and get a little bit of the history of it be good to understand thank you Bob. yeah sorry to interrupt you josie thank you no, I've not got much more to say. I mean, I can show you how we receive a move, but it sounds like some of you already use the system already. Um, I, I would have a wee look at, at, at the number of moves that we have, Josie. I'm sure the pig keepers wouldn't mind if, you know, put the list up of what has to be um, confirmed just to just allow, allow people to see how it looks on the, on the, on the system here. Yeah. yeah, so this is um, all the pig moves that are recorded um, within uh, Scotland and you can see um, these are pre-notified moves that we've got here um, and the, the if we can scroll down we can see yeah you can maybe just just explain each of the columns really uh, Josie okay. just for people because yes. it, it's hard to see for, for some I'm sure yeah okay so um, with regards to the columns here we've got obviously you've got your pre-notified status well I'll take you onto another page in a minute the action that you've got um, it, the only option here is sign off you can go in and edit a move if you wish and you can go in and print it off um, again if you needed to or of course cancel a move um, each movement's given its own reference number and when you print off your movement document at the bottom you'll see the reference number for each of the movements and um, they each have their own unique movement allocated to them um, there. Then lot date, self-explanatory quantity of pigs is in this column here. Um, how they're identified, you can see here the various different um, forms of identification. 1,327 pigs. Wow, that's a lot of pigs to move in one. I yeah, this will, not, this will be one of your... This will be, be babies, this will be uh, uh, VN. Yeah. 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 I can't 
see the right of the screen. By the way, that's just kind of confidential side of it. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're all you're you're very you're we're we're giving you a little bit of privilege here just to, so you can see the you can the volume of pigs going through the oh, system. Yes, I see. Mm. Yes, I and so you can see um, the the departure CPH and the destination where they're going to. Um, if we hover over and. If you've got your own login, you'll see your own moves and you can see a little bit of where, you know, you've got the CPH number and you'll get an idea of the um, the address of where they're going to. And uh, just by hovering over, you can see the uploader. You'll always say it'll always probably be blank here because it'll always be yourself that do this. But um, for us, we can see the different uploaders um, uh, there via uh, Scottish Pig Producers. Um, yeah, and the red one there, uh, the red one there. So this has come up with an alert and you may get this yourself. M moves can't go to a 7,000 CPH, which would be classed as a landless holding. I don't know if any of you come across that before. And also this one's come up with an alert because it's not recognizing the holding. Now it could be that the combination's maybe not right in the first um, two bits of the numbers, or it could be a brand new holding number and um, our system isn't picking it up yet, doesn't have the details um, regarding that new holding number. So um, it might be that that's the reason there that that's got a little exclamation mark. Yeah, yeah. Josie, we, somebody just asked about what do we mean by a column? It's just when we're looking at this page, it's separated oh, into you. columns. You know, I don't know how people are viewing it in their own, their own um, machines, but... Um, yeah, so I, th I, th I think the question was, is, is who signs it off? That, I think that was the question. Uh, we'll come to that. Okay, thank you. Okay, so hang on a minute. I'll just scroll down. You can see there's another holding number there. Oh. A lot of pre-notified moves. So um, a lot of the big producers like Scottish Pigs will um, get the, they'll know their movements up ahead and the, the moves will be going on for next week and so a lot of these moves are uh, obviously set up for next week and um, we'll just take on yeah. the next page and see so the big some of the factories for instance can use that data as well you know what's pre-notified for coming in so there's a you know there's a relationship within the supply chain to make sure that the factories are happy about what's coming uh, forward so obviously you've got your different statuses here that you can see where they've been received and where they've been consigned. So the consigned will go on by the departure CPH and then the received will be completed by the destination CPH. Um, and just to give you an example of a sign off, um, you would just click onto this button and it pulls up a new screen um, like this. And you'll see this is a consigning details and summary here on the left. And on the right, you've got the receiving keeper's details. Exactly. They can then confirm if there's any deaths or any changes to the um, number received, and then the dates put in, and then it's confirmed at the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to do this just now because I don't know for sure if they have. So I'll just go back and come out of that just now. So I guess to answer the question raised by um, by clemency, it's, it's the receiving keeper that signs it off rather than the person sending it. Absolutely. We're, yeah. the, we need the confirmation that the pigs have got to their destination. It's the correct place they've got to. It's correct quantity that's been received. And so that's up to the receiving keeper to let us know and confirm that that's the situation. And if anything's not right, then it can be changed or they, you know, the, they can confirm the correct details at that point. Thank you. Yeah. So the only thing I would, other thing I would point out is some of the moves go down to England and the Scottish system does communicate with the English system. Um, you've obviously had your uh, a chat from EAML2 um, and the moves go on um, for there. What I would say, there's a little bit of extra information, uh, for example, can I find one that's not been completed? A little bit of extra information needs to be put on if a move's going down to England. Uh, there, there's a 21, Josie. Oh, you've got it. Sorry, oh, on you go. Yeah. Yes, uh -huh. and what you'll see here is um, the system recognises that it's an English holding number because of the, the start of the CPH number. Um, and then there's a drop down. And this is additional information that's required for their system down in England. They need this, uh, the, the movement type. Um, they've clicked farm to farm, which we can see. Fair enough. Um, yeah, just different... yeah sorry, just to, just to explain, we can, we can do this fairly easily because Scottish holdings, all Scottish holdings, the county number starts at 66 and goes up to 98. Okay. Um, so for counties, uh, and counties in Scotland are, are unique. 
So any county that's outside like 51, we know that that's a, a holding south. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so this is the information and it's required information if ever you move pigs down to England um, and uh, that has to be completed to allow it to communicate with um, EAML2 or it was called BPEX and you can see here that that's actually been successfully sent to their system um, and if there's any problems with the moves that go down we get notified and we can try and correct the problem. Um, and in the same sense if you uh, buy any pigs from England then mm -hmm. um, they come up onto our system from England. Um, they have a slightly different way of dealing with it. The, the moves are notified um, on, on EAML2 system, and then they actually need to do a second confirmation when they actually, on the day of the move, they actually need to confirm that the move has happened. And that's the point that it will come up on Scotty ID, um, and you'll see the move on Scotty ID. Is there a delay at all, Josie, with regards to getting the paperwork sorted out, whether they come from Scotland over the border to England or England over to, to, to Scotland, or does it... No, there shouldn't, be, there shouldn't be a delay. It's sort of, I think they, they communicate every 10, 15 minutes. It gets transferred over. Um, the only delay sometimes is if they're, they're coming up from England, the, the second confirmation isn't done. And that's uh, um, if you go on and you can't find the, the move to sign off and say you've received the pigs, um, you can give us a call and we can uh, communicate with uh, with the, their system, their, their team there. And very often all we need is the reference number on the move that's come up from England and it allows them to put the confirmation through for us so then the, the receiver up here can confirm they've received them correctly. Yep. We, we, the reason I ask is because I know that um, we may be having, we've got a try to join us tonight but he hasn't got any reception but he's on the isle of um isle of lewis oh, yeah. so he's going to be or somehow going to be bringing pigs in and up to from england and coming up into scotland um and there's another chap as well on the isle of Arran as well so i was just thinking how is the, i suppose the process is just pretty straightforward and there's no glitches at all yeah it's actually it's exactly the same the keepers down there when they they can sign them off they need to notify the system and uh you know, and that, that second confirmation needs to happen in England, but most of the keepers there know that they've got to do it. It's just the, their way of dealing with it down there. So, yeah. Brilliant, thank you. Yeah. Can we scroll down to any late notifications, Josie? Because this is one area in the office that we do. I don't know if there are any. What do you mean by late, people who haven't signed off yet? If people haven't signed off beyond the date, beyond the time, because they've got to do it within, is it four days, is it? I can't remember. Three, three days, three. Uh -huh. yeah. so, yeah. oh gosh, we'll need to go back. Yeah, there's, there's a cancelled move. Yeah. So we're getting probably to this stage here. So there'll be a few here. There's a way that we can we can uh, pull off the information um, and uh, we, we sort of put it onto a sheet and uh, we can go through and we can just confirm the ones. So there's a few ones here which are, are waiting for sign-offs. And um, sometimes it's just a case of there's a new pig keeper and they've never kept pigs before. So that's our opportunity to also make sure that they've got set up properly. Obviously they need to have a holding number to receive pigs, but they also need to, um, pig keepers need to um, register with Animal Health that they're um, a pig keeper. Um, so not everyone always knows how to do, that they need to do that. So it gives us a, a prompt there um, if we're sort of chasing up for getting pigs signed off. And it also gives us an opportunity to make sure that everybody knows what they need to do with regards to tagging and if what they're going to do when they move them off um, and, you know, make sure they, they understand the tagging rules and, um, you know, they, they know that they can contact us if they need any more information, basically. Yeah, so I think... Clemens has just asked, and I'm not sure if this comes from a legacy, um, from a, an, an English system, why is the sheep system not like the big one? And now I know down in... England and Wales, we've got three different systems for three different, um, we've got BCMS for cattle, we've got ARAMs, which is atrocious for um, sheep and deer um, and goats, and then we've got EML2 for um, uh, for pigs. So I'm not sure, I believe you said at the start of the call, um, Bob, that this system covers sheep, pigs and cattle. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, we have a we have a multi-species system, um, which is what a um, livestock information program or LIP or LIS, sometimes it's called livestock information system in England. They are right. starting to build their multi-species system now. So, I mean, I don't want to get too much into sheep, but I mean, I assume yep. um, in Scotland the sheep system is very similar to this, is it, or the it, same? It, yeah, it, it, it is similar, um, except that all sheep are individually identified. Yeah, um, yeah. There are some differences in, in Scotland in that we that that markets read all sheep and so do abattoirs read all the electronics in sheep. Yeah. And we know we know um, that generally speaking, the read rates are about ninety-five percent. They range from about ninety to hundred percent. Um, so where a sheep doesn't, if a sheep doesn't read, it doesn't, it doesn't cause us any issues because what we've been able to prove, and we had to do this with the commission, I've got some lovely stories about that if you ever get time, um, that you don't, that the individual tag reads are simply more information to the whole batch move. And so they allowed us this little bit of flexibility in Scotland because essentially a sheep system works very similar to the pig system. However, I think there will be a change and in sheep, we don't pre-notify and we don't confirm, okay? And I, I think Scottish government, um, because the pig system move, works very well, um, I think when they've got some legislation time, I think they will change the legislation for pre-notification and confirmation. And I suspect that DEFRA are looking at the same thing hmm. because I think the, the ARAM system, you know, I'll be absolutely straightforward with you. I think if... If there was an audit now, now that we're a inverted commas third country, if there was an audit of sheep movements um, in England uh, from Europe, I think they would stop the export of lamb carcasses. Uh, you know, for goodness sake, don't quote me, but I'm just <laughs> saying because the Aram system doesn't really trace. No, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I had this discussion with Arams a while ago. So, you know, normally these systems trigger standstills and stuff like that. You know, and I asked the question that. You know, uh, of ARAMs. Yeah, what happens if you know I'm moving stuff off, but I've just moved stuff on? Is your system intelligent enough to pick this up? And obviously, it was no. Yeah. It's just an audit system, and you can still do stuff by paper, and you can still record information on there. It's just, um, yeah. Like I say, I, I, I don't want to get too much into sheep because this is focused on, on pigs. But yeah, no, I, I think I think I, I do like the fact that you have a one-stop shop for, um, you know, don't worry, eat. I like EMEL, it's intuitive, easy to follow. BCMS yeah. is, is, is probably even more simplified. You just tell them you've moved your cow and that's it. You know, it's the passport that goes with the cow. Um, you know, ARAMS is just atrocious. Yeah, it was, a, it was cheaply purchased. It was, a, it was, a, it was the, old, the old Irish system. Um, and they had dumped it and thrown it out. And I, th I can't remember who it was at the time who got the. It was like somebody like Carillion or whatever won the contract. Um, and it was just cheap and cheap, cheap and cheerful. The, mm -hmm. the bit that annoys us in Scotland is is that um, when sheep come up into Scotland from an English market, we know that the sheep have moved off the market, but we can't get the holding behind it. Oh, so if there was a disease outbreak, we can't trace back to the holding. Yeah. Um, and so that that's what annoys us. And, We've been spending a lot of time working with DEFRA to help them actually get to the new list system, livestock information system, yeah. that, 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 that'll help us through that. However, there is a transfer happening now. List, um, livestock information system has um, has decided, not decided, but have, have are, are pushing on with the whole switch over from a RAMS to LIS now. That's happening now. And I think that's because of the export issue that might arise if there ever oh, was an audit. I mean, with, uh, with, yeah. <laughs> um, well, thanks for that. Anyway, so um, I'm yeah. just conscious of time that, you know, um, you know, we had said it was for an hour. We've got five minutes left. Um, we can overrun if people need to. Is um, Back to Josie, is there anything else that, that, that you want to cover off or? I don't think so. The only thing I'd point to you to is um, that, I mean, I've moved from this. Um, is the keeper guidance. You know, if MD needs any information, there's um, a few points here where you can just find out the information that you might need um, or just give us a call. 
Is there any movement with regards to um, in Scotland having um, electronic ear tags for pigs? Yeah, Kim, I think it, it's an interesting one. We've we've done a hell of a lot of work here, actually, for electronics and cattle, which includes um, ultra high frequency UHF, and and the reason we're looking at UHF is that I know this sounds a bit technical because. It's, it's non-collision, it's anti-collision. In other words, there can be lots of tags in the area that you're reading and they don't mix each other up, as it were, like mm. you do with low frequency. And also the read distance is much greater. Now, we first saw this in Denmark many years ago um, where they were experimenting with UHF, you know, where they were drive, you know, taking young baby pigs or young wieners, six-week-olds, down a, a wide race, you know, and they're just walking down naturally and they were able to read them all. The, the, the issue is, I think, I think if the processors could, could believe that um, the plastic that surrounds the, the chip um, isn't affected by heat and the, you know, when, they're, when they're going through the dehairer you know, in, the, in, the, in, the big, in the processors. But, you know, I mean, I saw Lorna, my good wife, you know, roasting a chicken. It was inside a plastic bag the other day. <laughs> You know, there's there's some amazing plastics. I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that we'll, that at some point in the future we'll be moving to individually identified pigs, probably using UHF because it's a system that works. It works. It really works quite well. I'm not sure what's going to drive that though, Kim. I'm not I'm not sure what's sitting behind mm. that. Um, you know, because I, I think I think we can prove movement. You know, the system you've seen here, we can we can easily prove. The, you know, the veracity and the movement systems. So I'm not sure what would drive it to, to, to individual identification, but I know it's been spoken about, yeah. Yeah, yeah my, my question stemmed because, oh, I think it was maybe seven, eight years ago, I attended um, one of the meetings that, uh, of AHDB Pork, um, yeah. and it was their talk with their, um, their commercial pig industry, but they had release some electronic ID tags, which they do for their meat pigs, which um, I think it, it, it had just come out um, and they used it. And it just sounded so efficient where it was just used for the tags were in, they were plastic and it was when they were just going through to the abattoir. So they do a kill and they do a reading and they could say, I think it was how old the, the, the pig was, where it came from. And it just had all the, the, the information like you've just shown us and how yeah. we got on ML2 forms. So. I just wondered whether, whether that would come along because I would like to see it happen. I think it could mm. work. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so uh, I had to step away for a minute there, so I'm not sure if this has been covered. A question come through about metal tags for, obviously, for slaughter. It's very similar in, uh, in, in England. And the question is around when to apply them because, obviously, they don't stay in that easily. Um, is, is there a preference from Scott EOD as to when those tags should be applied? Uh, I would have said they need to be well. I said they need to be applied before they move. Bob, what would you say? Yeah, that's that's right, Josie. I think it's it's application before they move. It's up to the keeper really. Um, as long as it's just a it's a form of identification. Yeah, um, I mean, the keep, keeper may have you know he may have metal tags in long before the movement. You know, respect to identification, but um, as long as it's there when they're moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you, you can move on temp marks and all that. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. typically before I had breeding stock with, with, with tags in it, and obviously to uh, identify them individually, I used to put metal tags in, but I would only ever put them in when I was loading them in the trailer the day before, the night before, or the morning mm. they went off because, you know, they don't have a very good sh um, shelf life those metal tags because they are literally just meant to withstand the slaughter process because there's no um, ink on them. It's just an impre impressed number. So thanks for that. Uh, are there any more questions from anyone? I've been reading the questions that have come through on the, on, on the chat. Does, uh, um, I mean, for someone that lives down in, um, obviously down in England and used to the English system, like this, this has been nice to see from my perspective um, how things work elsewhere and you know mm. nice to be able to explain to someone if I'm sending a pig to someone that's maybe taking it into Scotland or a part of Scotland I can sort of give them a high level guidance as to you know um, what to expect um, around 
that process and how this, you know, how that would work. So thank you very much. Yeah, just just delighted, and you know, and um, essentially, I don't I don't know what the HDB guys were saying. I think the I, th I think the interesting one just now is you know we're moving into a slightly different world, of course. Um, you know, with the, the, the devolved governments, we're going to have four systems, you know, the Welsh system. Well, I think in pigs, Wales, Wales and England will always sit together. I'm not convinced about that, but I think that's what's going to happen. Um, so three systems. So you get the Northern Ireland system, our system and uh, and and England and Wales. And the the challenge is, is to make sure that they all speak to each other properly. And to do that, um, there's going to be you might hear this term eventually. It's called the UK view, United Kingdom view, so that so that we, Animal Plant Health Agency and the uh, um, and the devolved nations can can look at any movement anywhere in the United Kingdom. So we're currently looking at the build of that. Um, That'd be interesting. I mean, in that yeah. and that consistent set of data between, you know, yeah. I mean, there's always going to be those small. Anomalies based on a, on a given area, but yeah, there, there needs to be an agreed, consistent set of information that, that goes with the yeah. movement. So yeah. that just yeah. makes passing from system to system so much easier to uh, to yeah. track and trace. Yeah, yeah, and um, I'll, I'll just leave you with a wee a wee thought and and why we love um, smaller pig keepers is you know you saw there some of the big moves and things like that, but we do love our small um, pig keepers too. Um, if any are on the call who are, are smaller pig keepers and uh, I always remember their enthusiasm when we went live with the pig system you know that many years ago eight years ago or whatever nine years ago um, you know we we put information out and in, in, you know the various kind of magazines like small you know small holder and pig keeper and stuff and the enthusiasm we got was terrific and to be just a, a little anecdote is that the Scottish government at that time had no idea how many small keepers there were. We knew there were, in Scotland, we knew there was 80, 80 90 commercial herds, but larger commercial herds, but we had no idea how many really smaller pig keepers. I, can't, I don't know how many there is, Josie, just now, but it was about 700 odd at the time. I don't know how many actually, figuring yeah. actually, but yeah. there's, yeah. I know there's uh, certainly more moves recorded, yeah. Yeah, and then the enthusiasm we had from the from the smaller keepers was terrific, because they really wanted to play a part on on disease management. So don't let anybody, any of the big bigger commercial guys, say that the smaller guys don't don't uh, don't recognise the importance of of uh, disease management, um, because we we found them absolutely terrific. Thank you. So are there any more questions for Bob or Josie? I'm just going to say it's lovely to hear that Scotland leads the way yet again in this type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not in everything, Bob, but we do our best on this one. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, it's, 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 as I said, I, I, I love the system. It's absolutely great. Um, and when I do, I know that dealing with new people um, into pig keeping, this is one of the, the big, uh, and it, they seem to build it up so that it's something that's to be feared. But uh, I've sat down at the kitchen table with new keepers many times and gone through my own records on the Scott EID system and put the, to, just to put their minds at rest. Um, because oh, yeah, absolutely, there was nothing to fear. And it's great to actually understand that it is all about disease control, um, which I think we're kind of a little bit, uh, we lose sight of the fact it's disease control. Sometimes, you know, people uh, say, well, it's government intervention or it's people keeping an eye or Big Brother and all the rest of it. No, absolutely, it's about disease control and that's fantastic. Um, I don't know. One thing that I am going to add is this wild boar situation that we have up here um, and the transfer of disease to our herds. You know, we've seen it in the uh, in Europe, especially um, with the ASF and all the rest of it. Are you guys aware of anything that's going on regarding wild boar and the um, effect with, with our smaller herds, you know? Yeah, I, I, 
<laughs> Bob, I, I don't know what's practically going on, to be honest with you. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's wild boar areas, you know, like down in Dumfrieshire, you know, I guess Forest of A and things like that, you know, where there's, where there's a lot of wild boar or I, I'm not sure if they're wild boar. I, I don't know what, you know, they're, they're hybrids, I think, to be honest with you. That, but, yeah, I'm aware of a lot over on the West yeah. as well. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And I just, when we come to talk about ASF, it's control measures mm. um, on that. It's just at the back of my mind, that, you know, if you guys are aware of anything that might be taking place. Yeah, yeah. Not not practically on the ground. And it's maybe something we need to keep our ear on. And thanks for raising that. Um, I think we'd certainly need a, you know, a, it would be helpful if we had a policy rather than just ignoring it. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Even some <laughs> guidelines. I know there was yes. a guy doing some research. I think he was at Sterling. Um, and he was doing some um, some research into um, ASF and wild boar and the impact on that. Um, but obviously, there's an impact on the deer estates and everything as well. Um, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm just aware that we need to uh, possibly keep an eye on it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. I mean, there's certainly quite a bit of uh, research work going on just now. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, they're interesting. They're in interesting beasties. They're, they're certainly very smart. I've, I've been over to Poland. <laughs> I, absolutely. I, I think one of the ones that, you know, they, the people forget that pigs learn. Yes. Where you might use a method of trapping them or herding them or something, they will learn that that is what is taking place and they'll change their, yeah. change what they do accordingly, you know, so they're, yes. they're not, they are not stupid, are they? No, no, definitely, definitely, definitely not, definitely not. Okay. Something okay. that, um, sorry, sorry, Bob. No worries, no, you crap on. I was going to say, do you have something called like a disease charter, Josie and Bob, that Scotty ID have? So if a disease broke out um, in a certain pig herd somewhere, um, the members or people who sign up with Scotty ID are alerted in that area. Yes, we, that's, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, there's the Scottish Pig Disease Control Centre. Right, uh, which, mm -hmm. which is just based around the corner from where our office actually is, but, um, and and so we're in close contact with them, and we we have the as I said in the kind of mapping software we've got some very sophisticated mapping software which they have access to, so if there was a disease outbreak, um, the to be honest with you, and I've seen it before, where the industry actually reacts much much faster than government. You know, because because the government machinery takes just a long time to crank into, and and uh, our industry is, is is you know sorted. You know, in other words, we close the movement yeah. down immediately, and the information flows very very quickly. Um, um here, um, and it's 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 quite good to see actually. Mm. Um, you know. Okay. Thank you. Has anybody else got any questions? Yeah, I'd just like to know the whiskey that Richard Wright's uh, drinking there. <laughs> Sorry, Richard, I've got my I've got my export here. So. Oh, well, I've run out export, so I'm on the Glenfiddich. You're on the Fiddich. <laughs> yeah. It's only it's only five six miles up the road, Richard. Have you seen? You'll need to see their new distillery. Well, hopefully, hopefully after lockdown, we'll get down that way. Yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible to see. Beautiful place. No money, no expense spared whatsoever. You can easily know where, where people are making money. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'd just like to say thank you very much to Josie and, and Bob for giving up their uh, Friday evening to, to talk to us about the Scott idea. I mean, personally, I found it of interest purely because I'm obviously south of the border and, and never had any real view of that so I found it very useful so and also wish to thank everybody for taking the time to join and support us in our um in this event if nobody joined there would be obviously little point in hosting it so thank you very much everyone for their evenings um and I wish everyone to stay safe and well during these uh, troublesome times thank you thank very you. much thank you thank yeah. you very thank much you. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you very much indeed. It's Thank been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Well, thank you very much. I think that you all agree that was a very uh, interesting chat for those of you with regards to movements in, in Scotland, etc. Um, very, very um, informative session. Thank you to uh, Bob and Josie for giving up their time to support us. Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. I uh, hope, you, hope you continue to enjoy these. Keep an eye on the group um, as to what's going on. Also, we're out there on Instagram, um, Twitter, uh, as well for those of you that use those different social media platforms well until next time i've been andrew o'shea happy pig keeping